Watching someone endure an abusive situation can be difficult under any circumstances, and it is not always clear how best to respond when you see the warning signs of abuse. Your instinct may be to save them from the relationship, but abuse is never that simple. There are many ways that abuse appears and there are many reasons why people stay in abusive situation. Understanding how power and control operates in the content of abuse and how to shift the power back to those affected by domestic violence is some of the most important ways to support survivors in your life. Hi, I'm Renee Lynn Gonzalez, and those are the words from the National Domestic Violence Hotline website. And as a way to support others, I am a survivor. And a part of that is from the support of others I received. And if you know someone who is in need of help, support them by following those words and start by giving them this info. The National Domestic Violence Hotline, 1-800-779-SAFE. That's 1-800-779-SAFE. Or you can visit the website and chat with a live advocate at www.thehotline.org. Thank you and God bless. Sugar the Play, a cash team production, is looking for actors and singers to fill several slots for this upcoming live play. For more information, please call 216-394-8926. That's Sugar the Play, auditions at 216-394-8926. All right, all right. Is everyone here? Ants. Yes, sir. Roaches. Yeah, what up? Rodents. Let's get this cheese. All right. Come on, everyone, settle down, settle down, please. Look, we all know why we're here. We'll be eating like queens when we're through with this. That pantry's finally ours. Nobody can stop us now. Charge! No, no, there's no way. It can't be. It's, it's all colony! Old Colony Pest Control, veteran-owned Massachusetts, Rhode Island-based operation with everything you could dream of for your pest needs. Equipped with top-of-the-line gear to guarantee your home is protected and staying healthy. Phone number is 774-400-5993. Give them a call for the backup you need. Tell them that General Red Revere sent you. They handle anything from ants, roaches, ticks, mosquitoes, rats, and more. No wildlife or termites at this time. Hey, hey, watch it, buddy. We're marching. We're marching. This is Deanna Marie, and you're listening to Hoobazoo.com.
Heart certainly heavy around Denver all week long. The loss of Demarius Thomas, who died so young at the age of 33 on Thursday, 11 years in the NFL, nine here in Denver. Moments ago, the moment of silence for Demarius Thomas here in Denver, and everybody thinking about the former Bronco great here in Denver today, including our partner on the field, the third member of our crew, Laura Oakman. Hi, Laura. Hi, Kevin. The memory and the celebration of Demarius Thomas is absolutely everywhere today. The Broncos set up an area outside for fans to pay their respects. And inside, the number 88 is everywhere. Every Bronco was wearing his number on their helmets. There was a beautiful and emotional video tribute to Demarius moments ago. And, Kevin, that tribute will continue now as the Broncos begin the game with a really special gesture as the offense takes the field. Yeah, Detroit won the toss, and they will defer. The special gesture that Laura is talking about, you're going to see here in just a moment. Denver is going to line up after they receive this kickoff with 10 men in the huddle. Portland Sutton will go stand on the 88, which has been painted on the sideline. A penalty flag will be thrown for 10 men in the huddle. Detroit will decline this penalty. And then Cortland Sutton will run from the 88, as you see right there, out onto the field to the vacant X position. The X position, of course, played by Demarius Thomas for so many years here in Denver. That X position will then be filled by Cortland Sutton, but it will be left open for the first moments of this football game. And rightly so. Demarius Thomas, as you mentioned, Kev, heavy hearts here in Denver and across the league. Anybody that had contact with him, that had a relationship with him, knew that one, he was a special player and brought speed, power, size to that X position, that receiving position. But most importantly, he transcended football and he was a contributing member of his community wherever he was, whether it was his hometown in Georgia or here in Denver, of course. And the kickoff will go through the end zone for the touchback. And here comes the moment that we spoke of. Denver will line up with 10 men in the huddle and headed to the 88 on the sidelines is Cortland Sutton. He will make his way over there now. There are just 10 in the huddle. The X position will be left open. Only 10 men on the field at the 25-yard line. John Hussey is the referee. And they're going to take the delay of game. Here comes Cortland Sutton onto the field. What a moment here in Denver for the Broncos, who lined up with just 10 men, remembering Demarius Thomas. And the right move by Detroit to decline that penalty and give him a fresh set of downs and kick this thing off. And the DT chant resonating once more in Denver. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? This is madness. This is a booth.
Where's the party at? Tonight, and it's broadcasting live from the saw this we came in to open the show with demarius thomas 33 years old lost his life uh to a seizure he's had lifelong issues with seizures um he had a seizure in the shower and found shower deceased by a friend who had called the police and sent wellness check um 33 years old it is a tough tough feeling to lose someone such as Demarius Thomas on the Broncos. He had a short stint here with the Patriots as wide receiver. Very well-liked guy. Did a lot for the community. He did have some legal problems uh, early on in his career and a few years back, but he cleaned that all up and turned his life around. And, you know, he was headed in the right direction. And um, it's just a shame to see life snuffed out. Um, I got to thank... My guest last week, Ken Diesel, R-Squared, coming on the show, holding it down first of the month. And tonight, I've got my two special guests on tonight, Rico of Hatchet Radio. And I got Maddie C is going to be on from 7.30 to 8. He's got a big show coming up after this. He's going to talk about that. But uh, Rick, tell us what's been going on. I'm going to get into some topics here when we get into news booth, let you really, really speak on the reason why I got you on here. But first of all, I just wanted to ask you how you doing and what's been going on with you. Hey, for those of you all don't know, my name is Rico. I'm from Hatchet Radio and uh, I'm actually located in Elizabethtown, Kentucky. So for those of you that have been living under a rock the last week and some change uh, over the weekend, we had some uh, tornadic events that are uh, history making. And unfortunately, a lot of people lost their lives and a lot. And I do mean a lot of communities were destroyed in this 200 and they're saying almost 275 mile path. Yeah, so we're going to get into that when we get into the news booth. First of all, I got to mention my sponsors, Michael Douglas, Barreto, MDB, Electronics. If you got a problem with your controllers, this is my guy. You send them out within 24 to 48 hours, you're back to gaming. If you send it back in for a problem that you had before, it's a lifetime warranty. So this is the guy to hit up Michael Douglas, Barreto, Electronics. And it's funny because um, I had some people hit me up out of state and out of country to try to get their controllers to him. And I'm like, yeah, if you're out of this country, you're not getting it back in 24 to 48 hours. If you do, you're damn lucky. I have to say that one. Uh, Bianca Marie, her music is found everywhere, streaming online everywhere. She has a new mixtape that she's involved with on Audio Mac. The Astronomer mixtape. Check that out over there. Give it some listen. Tactical target systems, the zombie targets are right there. Guys, check those out. Make sure to ask for Don Robertson. And I'm see if Don maybe can get some cyborg, as I'm also fearful of the cyborg apocalypse. <laughs> Robotic apocalypse. We're going to get into that one with Elon Musk. Rebelrom.com, that's my cousin's website. You want to check that out. And her clothing is located at www.rebelrom.com. And as you saw the ad before the show began, Old Colony Pest Control, Carl Bunnell, veteran-owned residential and commercial, 774-400-5993. Again, here at Hoobazoo, we support our veterans who have served this country, and rightfully so with Old Colony Pest Control. Give them a call. Uh, getting into the news booth. Mass State Police released the name of the 19-year-old man who was killed in the Brockton crash, which was actually right near my house on East Street. Uh, The gentleman hit a tree and was found unconscious. He was rushed to the hospital. He died at the hospital from his injuries. 
Turns out that he is a 11th grade student at Brockton High named Tony Sauste. Uh, he lost his life in this car crash, and there was counseling that was at Brockton High. So my prayers and blessings go out to him and his family. Also in Massachusetts local news, the Easy Pass, which is located in like, I want to say it's in 25 or 23 states. Um, what's going to happen here is is that Easy Pass has now linked up with a company called Pay by Car. So what you will do is that you will have the card loaded of your desire to this account, and you can go get gas. You can go through drive throughs such as Burger King or whatever, and it would pay right through your Easy Pass transaction. It won't take the money out of the account that pays for your tolls, but it will go to the card that you program in. So right now they're asking if you got the email for the test period, I actually got the email to be a tester. Uh, you can go and sign up on pay by car and load your card info in and the different stores that I'll be told that I can go to. And I would just drive right through and pay right with my transponder, which is quick, unbelievably crazy as to how things are headed in the future. Um, one of the things I'm going to talk about here with this thing is, is that it's going to speed up the process at gas stations, speed up the process at fast, fast food lanes, where you're probably going to have a separate lane now for those who just have transponders to pick up their That's going to speed up the process. So we're going to keep an eye on that. Pay by car is a partnership that they have, and I will let you guys know. Uh, Rick is on this show because, as he talked about, Kentucky suffered a serious tornado disaster there and and it's almost to be honest when i heard all the stuff coming up and coming out of this stories it was almost like the movie twister you know first of all it was an f5 and then it jumped from one town to another town and missed luck luckily my man rick here is with me because it actually jumped over his county um this path was just insane um there was a Candle making company that told their workers. Now they're going back and forth right now. The management's saying they didn't tell their workers if they left, they'd be fired. Workers are saying, yeah, you did tell us that we would be fired. Maybe Rick will have some type of inside story of us headway on that story there with the candle making company. But Biden is going to visit this week. Biden is supposed to be visiting this week. Mitch McConnell gave praises to Biden because Joe Biden actually signed right away. He didn't waste no time. He signed Funds to be distributed to Kentucky ASAP. Didn't waste no time. He didn't sit around. Didn't play games with the press. Got the funds out there and sent Kentucky. He will be making the tour this week. That's the one of the things I do like about Biden. He doesn't go right away. He likes to get things situated, and then he decides that he says, you know, that's part of his mo. He learned that from being a politician for years. That you know, sometimes going. Right after it happens, it takes away from resources because now the president's coming right after this path of destruction and you've got to get all these resources and security and all set for them. And you're, you're in the middle of this disaster that's happened. in. I like the idea of the president coming in a week or so after. So everything's kind of situated and some resources can be, you know, lifted to help out. But the one guy who can really talk about this tragic disaster is the guy that I got on here tonight. And that's Rick O. Hatchet Radio, and first of all, Rick, man, I am so glad that when I reached out to you after this tornadoes went through there, that you answered my Facebook message. 
you know, you guys had a group chat going on. All you guys were talking as it was going on. I'm like, as long as these guys are in that chat, you can talk about it more than and pictures you sent me were just crazy. Yeah, um, I'm I'm located in Hardin County, Kentucky, which uh, which is basically one of the, well, I'm in the county seat of uh, of Hardin County, which is in Elizabethtown, and uh, it was uh, I was up all night, and this is now I'm gonna I'm gonna say this, and I'm probably gonna get a lot of uh, flack for this for all of you global global warming constituents out there. This is not global warming. This is Kentucky. <laughs> this this happens. That's season. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, our tornadic season is January to <laughs> December. So uh, we live in a valley. All, all the air coming off of Texas and Arkansas gets supercharged by the Mississippi or the Ohio River, and it travels upstream. We get a, a E5 or EF5 event at least once every 30 years. This just happens to be the worst. Uh, and this was actually not just one tornado. It was multiple tornadoes. Um the Bowling Green, which is one of the larger cities in Kentucky, uh, was also hit by an EF3. Uh, it skipped over us and went into Taylorsville, and it was a EF3 and then an EF1 uh, out towards the Lexington and Frankfurt area. So there was about seven different tornadoes. The big path that they're talking about was, uh, and they're saying it was a minimum of an EF3 because uh, the the votes aren't in yet from the meteorologists. But um, it, it did a it did a number. They're saying that the base of the tornado that hit Mayfield, Kentucky, was at least three quarters of a mile long with wind speeds between 165 and 175 miles an hour. Now, for those of you that want to kind of have an understanding of uh, what that kind of force can do, it actually set off all of the um, earthquake um uh trajectories within that county and it actually registered as an earthquake that's how much uh ground level noise there was on top of that uh it stripped bark bent metal destroyed concrete and steel barrier uh buildings uh including all of the fire department all of the police department they had to dig their their vehicles out of the rubble in order for them to go help other people it destroyed the uh prison that they have there as well as the uh, candle factory uh, and in prior to that that it also hit an Amazon facility in Illinois before it hit Kentucky. So um, what they're stating is that there's actually around 90 deceased total uh, with over 100 missing still and unaccounted for just in the state alone. Uh, recently and unfortunately, we lost a uh, uh, an infant uh, who they thought that was going to pull through and unfortunately uh, she didn't. So um, and yeah, as soon as that uh, the storm was over, they activated the National Guard and the Army uh, facilities out of Fort Knox and uh, Louisville and Fort Campbell, and uh, they were there almost immediately to start helping out. Um, all of the big businesses like Lowe's, Home Depot, uh, Walmart, and everything in our area have been sending supplies like generators, water, and stuff like that down to these folks in uh, Bowling Green and in um Fulton County, uh, Mayfield, Kentucky, just because it's been, you know, that, that bad. And that's the one thing I've got to say about our state when stuff like this happens and, and we're no strangers to tornadoes, we get EF zeros and EF ones all the time. Um, so this, like I said, th that's why I was like, you know, when I started reading this global warming stuff, I'm like, we don't get them this big, but we get them all the time. Uh, Cause like I said, we live in a Valley and it's surrounded by the Appalachian mountains and we're between the Ohio river and the Mississippi river. So, you know, all the humidity, the cold air and the warm air meet 
directly in Kentucky for some reason. Um, and this is the kind of thing that happens in our area. I've been probably in about three or four tornadoes in my lifetime, uh, as well as straight line winds, flat line winds, um, from, which have caused mass damage as well. And, you know, uh, we, we have a saying here, if you don't like the weather, wait an hour and it's legit here. Like we get, we get snow storms and blizzard storms in the summer and tornadoes in the winter. This is, this is nothing new to us. This is just happens to be a record breaking one. And it's unfortunate that so many townships have been destroyed and people's lives have been, you know, put into disarray. And, um, there's a lot of people that are wanting to help out. And I do actually, uh, have some lists because I know some people are very, um, uh, you know, secretive about who they want to fund. I know like some people don't right, want to deal with the right. Salvation Army or the, uh, the you know, whatever, uh, UNICEF and stuff like that. Uh, so I, I have a list for you guys. Um, the Bowling Green Fire Department is seeking volunteers uh, to help with recovery efforts. You can actually go to Bowling Green Kentucky Fire Department on Facebook with your name and contact inf- information as well as any uh, type of assistance that you can provide. Uh, the Brothers Brother Foundation, which is a Pittsburgh-based organization that provides disaster relief, is also accepting donations. Uh, so you can donate to their food banks in Arkansas and Kentucky. Uh, it's also sending uh, victims, uh, uh, the emergency crews in the areas as well. Uh, the Kentucky Baptist Convention is an organizer of Baptist groups uh, that's raising funds to help its teams on the ground to affect, uh, to affect the areas. Uh, Kentucky Branded, which is a clothing store out of Lexington, Kentucky, is donating all 100% of its proceeds from its sales for a Pray for Kentucky t-shirt to the communities that are affected by the tornadoes. The t-shirt cost is $20. Um, The Kentucky State Police in Mayfield are asking interested volunteers to call 270-331-1979 if you would like to assist the Kentucky State Police out in the Mayfield area as well. Um, Taylor County Bank in Campbellsville is accepting donations by mail uh, to fund uh, the tornado victims. Its mailing address is P.O. Box 200, Campbellsville, Kentucky, 42719. Team Western Kentucky of Tornado Relief, which is actually created by our governor, Andy Bashir, is collecting donations for victims in the western portion of the state. You can go to secure.kentucky.gov slash form services slash finance. The F is capitalized. Uh, WKY Relief, all of that's capitalized with the exception of the E in Relief. Um, and you can donate uh, anywhere from uh, five to $2,000. All of this will be proportionated uh, to help out the victims. Uh, some of the other national organization, America, uh, AmeriCares is uh, accepting donations. CARE Care is also collecting money to provide food, cash, and clean water for the um, tornado victims. Convoy of Hope is also feeding the hungry there uh, to help the survivors in these states. Feed America is raising funds uh, to provide people with ready-to-eat food bags. Global Empowerment Mission is a disaster relief organization that has partnered with local groups to make money uh, for people, for the team that's on the ground in Kentucky. GoFundMe actually has a centralized hub with verified fundraisers to help those... to to help those affected by the tornadoes uh it will be updating new fundraisers once they're verified so if if you go to gofundme pages uh for these disasters and they're not verified don't you know don't Don't donate donate. yeah exactly uh the international medical corps 
is also uh, is also organizing and providing medical services and raising funds to give people shelter and essential items. The Red Cross has opened shelters and is asking people to make appointments to give blood because this is necessary. We have a lot of people in the hospital. Uh, the local chapter of Western Kentucky is also collecting uh, donations as well. The Salvation Army is soliciting donations to help tornado victims in Arkansas, Kentucky, and Tennessee. Team Rubicon is a disaster relief organization that's helping um, raise money for its team of military veterans and volunteers that are clearing the roads. So we have our vets out here clearing the roads in Western Kentucky, and they need some assistance with, you know, food and and uh, lodging and stuff like that. Uh, the United Way of Kentucky is also asking for donations to provide supports and services for families in the state who are affected. The other types of donations that they're taking are, you know, not just monetary, but they're also stating if you want to send shoes, socks, undergarments, um, <clears throat> and uh, twenty-five dollar uh, uh, gift cards from like Target, Walmart, or even Amazon to these uh, particular uh, places, uh, they're accepting them as well so that they can get these passed out to to people because you got to realize that this is hitting the middle of the Christmas season and these people have literally lost everything in their lives. So, you know, um, you know, our, our state, you know, we're a Commonwealth. So, you know, we're, we're just like y'all, we're a Commonwealth. So, you know, Commonwealth, we're all kind of broke. So we gotta, we live paycheck to paycheck here. So, you know, a lot of these people whose, whose jobs have obviously been, you know, destroyed as well, their livelihoods are gone. And a lot of these are farmers. So their farm lines also been flattened. You know, they're not going to be able to make the, you know, the crop season because they've just literally just started planting uh, some of their winter foliage, like your snow peas and stuff like that. So they're not going to have anything to sell in the spring. So we've got to get these people helped out. So that way they can continue to provide for the nation and to provide for their families. And not only that, you know, provide for each other. And like I said, we've had a, an overabundance of places helping. My brother told me that uh, the company that he works for has donated like 40 generators and a truck full uh, um, of uh, building supplies down there. And he said, it's going to continue to do so. So I can only imagine that other, you know, Kentucky businesses are doing the same, but, you know, again, this is one of the biggest disasters in United States history uh, when it comes to tornadoes. And, you know, there's a lot of victims. There's a lot of people who are mourning right now with the loss of, of life down there. And there's a lot of people who just, you know, they don't have a place to stay. And so, you know, these people a hand. Right. Mm. It's crazy. Hey, can you hang on for the entire hour with me tonight? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Cause I'm going to bring, I'm going to bring Maddie in. It's seven twenty-three. I see Maddie in the waiting room. I'm going to bring Maddie in early. That way I can get you guys to talk about some of these other topics that I got coming on the show. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to take a quick break. I'm going to show you guys the trailer for the recently released, well, it's this weekend, Matrix Resurrections. And we'll be back with us being joined by Maddie Cameron of Maddie C Sports you and me we'll be right back after this trailer of matrix resurrections here we go thomas you seem particularly triggered right now can you tell me what happened i've had dreams that weren't just dreams am i crazy we don't use that word in here Have we met? One 
makes you larger And one pill makes you small And the ones that mother gives you Time to fly. If you want the truth, Neo, you're going to have to fly me. The only thing that matters to you is still here. I know it's why you're still fighting and why you will never give up. You don't know me. No? Your boy broadcasting from the media champions. You were listening and watching the booth, and that was I was actually I thought that movie opened this weekend, week early on HBO, like they did with Godzilla and stuff. But no, it's going to open on HBO, least in the theaters, which is second. So there is no week early on HBO Max. Kind of stinks because I thought we were going to be able to see it before everyone else on HBO Max. So, well, that's that. Why that's, were we that's even paying them? <laughs> You know, so hey, we... whatever, <laughs> whatever. I'm I'm You're good with breaking that. my heart here. You know exactly. So guys, I got I got Maddie C down there below us, and um, gonna fast forward here to our news booth stories that we're come up against. We talked about Kentucky. Um, got to talk about real quick. Um, Maddie, you have any family? We were talking about Kentucky. Natals, you have any family or anybody that's out there? I personally do not. Um, George, who's in the chat here, um, knows a person down there, Steve Delabar. I don't know um, what's been happening with him because he's in the Kentucky area. But, I mean, this is just a devastating thing. I mean, just seeing people with destroyed homes in that candle factory was just heartbreaking just to see. It, it's it's something you never want to even look at. And you could tell the governor of the state was just very, emotional and and very um for his people and, and i know you rick you're from kentucky yourself correct correct yeah i'm from elizabeth town yeah and how, how are you doing um with all this 
Man, it's um, it's kind of I, I, as as I've stated before, it's not a shocker. Just the just the amount of destruction. May, this isn't the first time Mayfield's been hit by a tornado in the last ten years. Uh, as a matter of fact, there's a popular YouTube video going around of an EF1 going through a car lot and ripping the car lot up. That was in Mayfield, Kentucky. So this isn't something that you know just randomly happened. This is something we're we're used to, you know, because you know we're not we're we we've got a tornado alley, but we're not part of the main tornado alley. And um, it to me, it was just one of them things that was like. You know, I, I felt I went outside when the pressure because you, you could feel the pressure from the storm coming over us uh, as it hopped us. My ears were popping. So I just took a step outside and I went on Facebook live and uh, you could hear my branches, you know, my smaller tree just like ripping, you know, falling down and stuff like that. I've got uh, widow makers all in my yard and uh, from the storm. But we were you know, we were blessed to, you know, for it not to touch down here. It skipped us and moved about 35 miles northwest or northeast. Sorry. Uh, northeast from us and then just wreaked havoc uh, in Taylorsville. It, they, it hit an apartment complex and the rescuers, the police force and the uh, fire department uh, were in the building and the building collapsed around them and they needed to be rescued. So it was just, it's, it's heartbreaking. Yeah, it's heartbreaking to hear and see these things, especially since you know that these are the people that are, you know, no less than, you know, 20, 30 minutes from you. And uh, Mayfield, you know, is, is about, you know, four and a half, five hour drive, but uh, Bowling Green, Kentucky, which uh, Western Kentucky University and the Corvette plant down there are also uh, you know, were damaged a little bit. Uh, the Corvette plant had the roof ripped off and it caught on fire. So they've ceased production of this year's Corvettes. Whoa. And that means that these people are also wow. going to be, you know, unemployed or, you know, on unemployment, not making their, you know, uh, the, the full amount of money uh, without getting some type of assistance. So, you know, these are these are communities that get affected by storms. And, you know, you, you don't hear about it a lot of the news, you know, when EF0 and EF1 hits, but, you know, we're, we're so used to it. You know, it's like it, it happens. And that's why it's like, why, why, why is all this global warming stuff coming up? You guys don't live in Kentucky. It happens here all the time. Just right, not exactly. this big. And you know, real quick, before we get into the next topic on, on the news booth also, um, we did have this story. I wanted to kind of touch base, see if there was kind of some type of inside scoop there in regards to this candle company that supposedly forced workers to stay after the first alert went off. Is this more of that? You guys have so many tornadoes, and after that first alert went off, you're just like, oh, right, whatever. You know, you kind of got into this rhythm, you know, where you kind of say, well, we'll wait to the second or third, you know, no, or no, are they actually, in the wrong? Actually, it's an OSHA guideline that um, if you feel that your life is in danger due to inclemental weather you're actually allowed to leave work um there was a place that that's it's now another company but it used to be dana corporation where they used to do the f-150 f-250 frames and they had a big lawsuit because they were there and they're unionized but they had a big lawsuit because they had these guys and gals working these frames while the tornado sirens were going off and they fired all of the management and now the company's with Tulsa. And as soon, yeah, as soon as, as soon as, um, you know, those sirens go off, you know, they want you to, to get to a safe place and they, you know, they kind of persuade you to go to one of the tornado shelters. But, you know, we were told like when I was working for geek squad, that if we felt the need to go home, we could go home. If we felt safer at the house, uh, you know, that we could clock out and go home and there wasn't going to be anything that would, you know, that would, you know, prevent us from or get it, get us written up or anything like that. Now, do I believe personally that this candle factory was, was uh, going to be uh, probably made this statement? Yeah. They, you know, they have a work 
release program for inmates. So, of course, I believe in my heart of hearts that one of these supervisors or one of these managers probably alluded to this. And this is going to be a massive lawsuit because it's a violation of OSHA uh, policies, uh, not to mention labor guidelines and labor laws. And we're a right to work state anyways. So now, you know, we voted to be right to work. And so this is just going to, you know, for all these people that have been hurt or injured, you know, that's that's what's going to get them, you know. And the, the sad part is, is like, you know, so there were some um, some people that were uh, talking on the Facebook forum that they only pay about eight dollars to eight and a quarter an hour. So, Jesus you know, to me, yeah, to, to me, like, and I, I've even said this before, there isn't no amount of value of, of money per hour that you could pay me that my, my life needs to be on the line for, for anything, whether it's rain, sleet or snow, unless I'm a, unless I'm a postman, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, you know, there's no reason for me to put my life on the line for any amount of money. And if you're going to threaten somebody with my, you know, if, if you're going to threaten me with my job, I'll walk out like in the middle <laughs> of the damn tornado, get in my car and go home. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, you know? it's crazy, so, craziness. You know, uh, it is. So I, I you know, I, I can't speculate on it because I've only heard, you know, he- you know, hearsay. But I, right, right, right. I believe it because like some of these factories around here are, you know, they're like that, and they end up getting these multi-million-dollar lawsuits and you know clearing out upper management because of it. So I, I've seen it happen before. Crazy, crazy stuff. Okay, moving on into the news booth. Alex Rodriguez, CEO of Embark, is about to put a fleet of autonomous trucks driving from Houston to San Antonio, 600-mile stretch of road. So I've been talking about this. I've been telling people, pay attention to this show. I talk about a lot of things before they become real popular. Now, I've been talking about autonomous vehicles and how they're affecting our industry and this world as we speak. it's going to affect the world's biggest union. United Auto Workers Union also going to affect the taxes and take jobs away from them. But Alex Rodriguez is saying that with these autonomous trucks, you're still going to need drivers to maneuver around the facilities once the trucks get there. The autonomous trucks right now, they can handle the straight roads and all this stuff. Once they get to the private property of the location, where it always changes, um, you will have drivers for that. So what's going to happen is, is, and it kind of makes sense. The autonomous trucks will do the bulk of the driving, which right now they're saying this stretch from Houston to San Antonio is 600 miles, which takes 22 hours if you have a human driver because you need to have all your federal guidelines, all of your correct brakes that the DOT requires. With the autonomous truck, this 22-hour trip now becomes a nine-and-a-half-hour trip. Do the math, people. That's, that's where they're going to cut down and get more shipments in. The autonomous truck stuff is is here. It's here to stay. Uh, I follow it because I'm in that industry. There's uh, Coors. Coors Beer was one of the first to start it in California, Denver. It's growing, and it's growing fast. Wherever you have these long stretches of road, the autonomous trucks are, are out there. They're already doing it. Or a place like Boston, city areas, it's gonna be, they're going to be some of the last places to to get done um and because of you know constant traffic changing tight spaces like if you're going through beacon hill or something you're never going to trust in a truck go up through beacon hill so i need everybody to, to to keep your eye on this embark is owned by this guy alex rodriguez he is the one of the youngest ceos right now at 26 years old oh where'd maddie go maddie dropped out maddie come back in second 
Um, right. um, so autonomous trucks, I'm hoping, 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 hoping that they can do what needs to be done without hurting jobs. That's, that's my main thing. Um, also in the news booth, Elon Musk announces that he will begin implanting chips in human brains 2022, which will allow tetraplegics use their mind to do things where they would have to use hands. This is craziness. Elia Musk, before I let Rick speak on this, this is my thoughts on that. Stop doing that. Stop. Stop doing that. Stop, Elia Musk. You're doing too much. You're heading, you're taking us right to Matrix, right to Skynet. Just stop. And there's also named Times Magazine Man of the Year um, for his advancements. Go ahead, Rick. <laughs> uh, and look, man, I, and you've heard me make this statement like over the last ten. I just want a fucking Terminator eye. That's it. I want I want the red eyes so I can see better. I'm blind, you know what I'm saying. So like, if you could do like an implant and, and you know give me the Terminator eyes with the targeting system, I'm good. You know what I'm saying. I don't want to be like full RoboCop. Or full Terminator, but I just want the you know the glowing red eyes and maybe like a little speaker system that goes dun 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 dun. dun. <laughs> but when I heard about this, when I heard about Elon Musk developing this chip that's going to go into the brain of tetraplegics to allow them to use their mind to do stuff, this is how soon before we get to like that scene in the ma- in the first Matrix where he asked Trinity if she knows how to fly a see something helicopter. And she goes to Tank, and Tank uploads how to fly it, and then she's like, we're ready. And the whole movie explodes because, you know, it's just a great scene of the thought process that here you are, you can't fly a helicopter, and then you get it downloaded to your brain, and you can fly. So it is it is crazy stuff. Meanwhile, you've got, like, these scientists genetically splicing human DNA with pigs. We're going to get orcs now, so we might as well just yeah, get ready for, that's, for Warhammer that's 40K. Whole, yeah, that's a whole nother topic. Um, for those who haven't been watching and listening, um, in the last few months, there's been a pig liver and there's been a pig lung successfully trans um, transplanted human. Oh, wait a minute. No, three. There's been a kidney. I think the yep. kidney was the most recent. If this is the case, and if they can do this, they will start to breed pigs to able to do human transplant. We're gonna have hopefully on the black market that's out there, which is the other thing that nobody really wants to talk about. Um, Also, in the news booth, twelve UFOs were spotted by pilots in Pacific Ocean, thirty-nine thousand feet. There's a video of it on YouTube. The reason why I'm mentioning this is because it's the second sighting. Of these 12 UFOs in the Pacific Ocean area. And I'm really not happy with the fact that the government now being very, very open and reporting themselves on these UFO sightings. They're not admitting anything about aliens or whatever, but they are now admitting in the government UFOs, unidentified flying objects. And to be honest, it's a matter of time. In the legal booth, U.S. Olympic Go Space gymnast- Force. U.S. Olympic gymnast reached $300 million in the Larry Nassar abuse case. And I got to mention my friend Melissa from 96.9. Nassar is going to serve 40, well, he is serving 40 to 175 years for sexually assaulting 12 Olympic stars. Simone Biles, Ali Raisman, and Michaela Maroney. Now, this all came to be 
remember the Olympics was put on hold and then they came back and they went over and Simone Biles got overseas. He had a complete meltdown during the tournament yep. at the Olympics. And mm-hmm. what happened yep. was, was, you know, people were like, oh, she's injured, this and that. And my friend, Lissa, says, nope, it's a mental issue, and it's this. And a lot of people were like, no, it's not. It's an injury. They're saying, nope, that's what the Olympics wanted you to believe it was. It wasn't. What happened was, was that Simone Biles got over there. She got into that atmosphere. And what happened was, is she had PTSD flashbacks of that sexual abuse from Larry Nassar. Opened up this whole case that was already behind the scenes. Now, granted, they're settling Larry Nassar, but here's the thing. Larry Nassar's taking a hit. What I said on this show is something that the Olympics should go down for, just like Penn State went down for, just like the Catholic Church went down for, but instead they're going to settle. Just like Rick Pacino went down for. (laughs) Yeah, this this is crazy because the Olympics knew about Larry Nassar, and Larry Nassar isn't the only one who was molesting these young girls and young boys throughout the Olympics over the many, 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 many years. You know what I'm saying? So the Olympics really should be the ones answering for it. Palmer is a bitch because right now they've got this whole thing going on with China. But I'm going to let you guys chime in on this Larry Nassau sexual Crazy. It's crazy. And the Olympics should go down, but they're not going to go down because they've settled. But Maddie sees. I just think that, you know, those girls and boys that had to deal with that stuff, it doesn't matter how much money you you are settling with or whatever that those those moments are never going to go away they're they're going to have like like they had in the olympics with um Simone Biles uh, like being frozen really like she wanted to compete for her team and she couldn't because of those mental issues PTSD it it she was in an atmosphere where she panicked and you know she considering the fact she did pretty well, but it's still the frame of mental health. And, you know, that's a big part of this. Um, it's it's mental health in itself to even be competing at the high level. And to have that put upon you is, is, is awful. And, you know, I don't, like you said, it should be like Penn State. You should be banned from different things. Like Joe Paterno took a blind eye to it and, it's just terrible. And now there was a new thing that came out with a kid who just won the state. He won the Stanley cup in 13 with the Chicago Blackhawks. He was being sexually abused. You know, it's going, it's, it's going all over sports and it's terrible. And I, I just can't believe that, you know, at least the U S Olympic committee should be responsible or take a ban. You know, I know I, I represent my whole country itself, but for what happened, they should be banned from Olympic play for a while. Um, Rico, uh, I look at it like this, man. Uh, hell is dark and it's pretty hot. And what this guy's serving uh, 150 years for is not going to even, you know, uh, be remotely close to what he's going to fill in hell for what he did with these girls. Um, it, it's, 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 you know, it, it makes me wonder. Like, you know, how long has this been going down? I mean, since we were kids, since before we were kids, you know, and then you hear, uh, what is that guy? Like, uh, Bella, whatever his name is, like an Olympic trainer for the gymnast. Didn't he have some issues, uh, with, you know, uh, Roman hands and being, you know, Mr. Feely. So, you know, that to me, it was, you know, listening to this and, and understanding, like we were talking about it, you know, when the Olympics were going on, like it wasn't an injury, me and you both are like, no, dude, it's gotta be, you know, it's mental. It's up here. 
you know, and it's going back to the fact that she's had to have, a, you know, a physical and, you know, anybody who's a, a, a sexual assault victim will tell you that when it comes down to those times a year where you've got to get a physical, it's more uncomfortable than it should be because you're going back to when, you know, the sexual assault occurred and there, and you're right, it, it, Matt, you know, Maddie C there isn't enough money in the world because money's just going to confound the situation. They're going to be able to hide it, mask it. And then uh, honestly, like when you involve money, you know, they're going to drink themselves to death or you're going to have a lot of drug overdoses from these people who, who are suffering mental, you know, the mental illness of, of the PTSD from being touched. It's just going to confound the situation, you know, and uh, to me, like, that's, that's my, my, my first worries, because, you know, I've known people who had, you know, um, some issues, they got money, and all of a sudden, they're out doing drugs and drinking all the time. And, you know, and they, they're just burying, you know, the, the situation rather than I'm, going, getting therapy. Yep. Yeah. And it's, it's sad. Pain. Yep. I, I mean, pain, you, yeah. you see it with, you see it with these CTE, you know, situations in the NFL where these guys have got CTE and all of a sudden they start getting boozed up and, you know, like junior Seau and, uh, you know, oh, a couple man, of the other yeah. guys out there, you know, they were, they were bad off. I mean, even taking a look at like, you know, people that are still alive, like uh, Jose Canseco, you know, um, he's, he's way out there. So Lawrence Taylor way out there. So, yeah. you know, it may, it makes me wonder, like when you, when you start adding these types of money you know money doesn't solve the problem it adds to the you know more money more problems so right yep you know it worries me especially with these young girls yeah it does and it's sad uh heading into the entertainment booth new edition boston zone announces the culture tour in 2022 and they got a las vegas residency they are going on tour next year with Charlie Wilson and Jodeci, straight up 90s all the way. I can't wait. I got to get my tickets. I got to be out there to see this tour. Also in the entertainment booth, Terrence Howard addresses his son's conviction for disorderly conduct. As you guys know, last week, Juicy Smollett, borrowing it from <laughs> my man, Juicy Chappelle. Juicy Smollett, <laughs> as you all know, he faked a race attack out in Chicago uh, during COVID, which most of us black people, we knew it was a lie. We knew it was a lie. A lot of people were stepping up, BLM. And BLM, look, BLM to be standing beside him after he got that guilty verdict, you guys are just killing your credibility left and right. He, like, like my man Dave Chappelle said, he clearly was lying. Look, and, and this is the way the way that I put it was he was judged by 12 men. It wasn't a judge. It wasn't a, a, you know, a prosecutor. It was 12 people from Chicago that said unanimously, you know, deliberated and said, yeah. And they, they even, one of the jurors even went out and said, you're, you're lucky you didn't get the sixth charge against you. We were debating on giving you that sixth charge. And I was like, <laughs> the evidence was there. You know, uh, watch your little nice, your nice doorbell cameras. That's what ratted him out. (laughs) Yeah. And the funny thing is, is he's lucky. He's lucky that this couldn't have been a federal offense or a race crime because there was no races affected. Even though, like Terrence Howard says, his actions could have ignited a race war because of what he thought. And what, what, and when this happened, I felt like there weren't many empire stars who supported him when the story came out like a terrence howard so that was eye-opening stuff so i got something here for them right here here we go here's one for you just juicy smollett 
I think I know what it is. Why you always lying? Juicy. Juicy. Craziness. Craziness. Uh, the makers of Friday the 13th, which was a great game. I actually supported that game as a starter. I have it. And it was a good game. The problem was, was that F you to the producers of the Friday the 13th films. They knew this game was coming out. They knew the hit that this game would be. And what happened was, was once the game got popular, Friday the 13th turned around and said that they wanted to be able to use skins and things of that sort. Kind of killed the momentum of the game. So they're like, F you, here we go. They've now got the rights to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And these guys who, game devs who produced that popular Friday the 13th game, now coming out with a Texas Chainsaw Massacre game. Able to check out. I was going to show the tra- trailer, but it was kind of violent. Off on that, but me and Rico, big gamers. Uh, hopefully, I'll get to see you on there, Rick. Uh, that style of game, dude. I I, I got the Friday the Thirteenth because uh, it's it's basically Dead by Daylight, uh, which is another popular, it is. popular series. Yeah, and I don't know, man. I can't get into it. You know, like I I liked it at first, but then like you know what. It turned me off was Alien Isolation because that game scares the little shit out of me. It really does. Like I can't play it in the dark by myself. I have never <laughs> had a game scare me so bad as Alien Isolation. So I was like, no, screw this whole genre. Like a damn alien <laughs> everywhere, everywhere in that game, everywhere in that game. I'm just like, nope, nope. I, I already had nightmares of the facehuggers when I was a kid. You know what I'm saying? Walk in the streets, it'd be too dark. I'd be like, there's gonna be aliens. <laughs> Maddie, I don't see nope. you on you, you're, you're not a gamer, right? You don't game much, do you? I've been, I was I was a gamer for a long while until you know I had my daughter. Um I don't know, you could go from the Grand Theft Auto where all you could see you, was a I was an NHL guy? Oh man, there were some great NHL then, games back in the day. You could you could say I went from Sega to you know Nobody knows about Siphon Filter way back uh, in the day. Yes, I do. I, yeah, I do. One and two. <laughs> I was all about that taser. <laughs> yeah, it was the funnest part of it. And then, you know, Max Payne was my game for a long oh, time. Both of them. Bullet time. Was a good one. Bullet time. Bullet time. And then you had to open every locker, you know what I mean, to get the ammo. Or you'd be opening everything. I don't care if it's a lock. I need, a, I need some bullets. Oh, where the painkillers at? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I've, I've loved video games for a long time. Look, man, I'm going to be like pretty honest, man. And, and my house becomes hell when this season comes. But we have Tecmo Super Bowl tournaments at my house. Oh, still. my Lord. Yeah, dude, it gets ugly. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it gets, there's a there's a, a sheaf on the wall. It's called the or a folder on the wall. It's called the bet. You just throw your money in there and they. <laughs> I, Is I, it I'm, against the rules to you that L.A. Raiders? Is no, it it's, it's not. Yeah, it's not. You can use Bo Just Jackson on anyone because I I will stop you every single time. <laughs> read, Dave read, Hagen. read. <laughs> Dave Haggerty yeah. says uh, Larry Nassau is going to get prison justice. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. I hope he's right up there with the last guy we talked about, prison justice, being Larry Nassau's future. Moving on into the sports booth, as I showed at the beginning of the show, the Denver Broncos started the game with 10 men on the field and took a delay a game. Great Lions, um, that delay a game to allow them their moment. Crowd chance, DT, as you guys saw, and Demarius Thomas, wide receiver, still here with the Patriots, who loved by the Denver Bronco fans. 
Uh, he suffered a fatal stroke in the shower over the weekend. Passed away, 33 years old. Also in the sports booth, hey, Buffalo and Tampa Bay played this weekend because the Pats were on bye week. And the Pats got, again, gained ground as Tom Brady in overtime did the job for us. Tom Brady beat the Bucks in overtime with a nice pass, 58-yard touchdown pass in overtime. Um, but at the end of the game, Tom Brady, well, actually, before I get into what Tom Brady said, um, the Buffalo Bills have suffered their second loss. They're now headed to Carolina. They're going to pay Carolina Panthers. And here's my question to you guys. you guys think Cam Newton's going to do a favor for us, or do you think the Bills will bounce back? I'm going to go to Maddie and see what he has to say first. Oh, my goodness, man. Josh Allen is pissed, and Diggs is pissed. So they're going to go absolutely apeshit on Carolina. Carolina is well, Josh not Allen. Josh Allen's do. hurt. Josh Allen's hurt. They haven't released it. He's walking around in an ankle boot. Well, <laughs> I mean, they're say, they're saying the same about you know about Lamar, but Lamar is one of those surprise guys too. But I mean, yeah. you could have that. I mean, you could have the ankle like Josh Allen and be a normal Cam Newton. You know what I'm saying? Like Carolina doesn't have much, so. If they do win, thank you, thank you very much. Give them, give us all this, the things we need, and take care of Indianapolis this weekend. Hopefully, yeah, it should be a good so. game. I'm a little nervous about this. If Jonathan Taylor runs that draw successfully, Patriots are in. Okay, if uh, if Godchuck and um, Carmore can stop that run up the middle and not let Jonathan Taylor get in the yards, it's game and bill belichick who's a fun who's been real funny this season with his comments they talked about this upcoming game with the indianapolis colts and asked him about this game and he says well i got a lot to study from he says i'm just gonna watch all of this season of hard knocks to get some tips i'm like man only belichick would think that way because the hard knocks there this season is the first time ever that hard knocks is following a team during the regular season and Belichick's like, I'm going right to hard knocks. Hence the reason why I don't want my team on hard knocks. And if he comes out and Belichick beats the Colts soundly with information he got from watching hard knocks, look, I've already said Belichick deserves coach of the year for giving Sean McDermott the big FU weeks ago by just running the ball all night long and passing the ball. Um, but I'm going to go to Rick. So, Rick's a big... So, uh, Keith... Oh, go ahead. Yep. Before you start... So if he watches Hard Knocks, is that considered Spygate too? Oh, you know that's the hypocrisy of that whole thing, huh? I mean, that's public <laughs> domain, so no. <laughs> yeah, that's your that's own right. damn fault, <laughs> right? But Rico, real quick, I'm gonna let you touch base on Lamar Jackson. Got that injury down there in Baltimore. Um, Huntley comes in, and this kid can ball too. This kid Huntley, the backup for Lamar Jackson, this kid can ball. Don't sleep Look. on this kid. But you're a big fan of Lamar Jackson, man. What are your thoughts on being the Raven season? Honestly, first and foremost, I want to make a comment. How the how the hell is uh, Cam Newton even still relevant? That's my question. I, I know. And, and I there's know. so many better so many better quarterbacks out there with less toxicity. But uh, as far as Lamar goes, like I've been following because I'm a U of L fan. You know, if I, if I took my background up, you'd see my 2013 men's basketball banner that the NCAA didn't take for me. Um, but uh, <laughs> not a huge Lamar fan. He did a lot for our program, and I think he's going to bounce back. Uh, now their new was Hunley uh, is is 
you know, he's tested a little bit this season. Uh, he stepped in during some fourth quarters and pulled out some uh, some clinches. I just don't uh, – This it's late in the game, you know, late in the season. And if Lamar doesn't come back, I honestly feel like the, the, the I believe who they're playing, the Browns this weekend. Yeah, which is always a tough. That's always a bloodbath. Yeah, it's game. a to, it's a toss up. It's a you know the two the two teams that we have you know that the Ravens because I'm also a Niners fan, but uh, we won't talk about this season. Um, <laughs> the the two teams that Baltimore always seems to have uh, you know you might as well flip a coin at the end of it is either um, is the Ohio teams both Cincinnati and um, and. Uh, Cleveland have always either had their number or we've had their number. And it, it's like, we just, you know, we play back and forth. And I believe this is like the second time uh, we're playing them this season. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, I'd have to take a look at it, but uh, I believe it is. And, you know, it's, it's always a toss up with, with you know, any of those uh, Ohio teams. They've just, you know, we have them yeah, and so it's always a close game. Always, always a close game. So- all right, let's move on here. Let's keep going here. Tom Brady calls out Tony Romo and Peyton Manning <laughs> in EA Sports. It's pretty funny stuff. Here's the clip real quick, guys. This is Tom Brady calling out Tony Romo because uh, Tony Romo says he's slow during the broadcast. He says he can't run the ball. Here's Tom Brady on his Twitter feed and his Instagram. So I was re-watching the broadcast from last night. And I heard Tony say... Tom does that in the pocket all day long. That's the same thing he does to move people with his eyes. Because he's slow, right? He can't actually make someone miss. So is he not watching? Because... Oh, wow! Jesus, coming from the backside. He felt it, and he slides up the... Step it up. Get a right forward again. Oh, what? Hey, yeah. Tell Peyton to jack my speed rating back up. Christ, do something else. Holy, And in the article, Fox Sports shared potential matchup between Bucks and the Patriots in the Super Bowl. I said, that's a little bit of a reach. It's still too early. But one thing I did say in the show last week is that I'm going to watch the referees of these two teams on their games from here on out. Because if, if it looks like things are good, and here we do. We had it. We 
had it in the overtime. The mystery pass interference call puts the pay, um, Brady in position to win that game that people are crying about, they're upset about, they feel they're crying foul. Again, people, pay attention. Pay attention. Here we go. Something that me and Rick, we've interviewed a lot of people over the years in MMA. And as we close out the year, UFC gives us gems. Gems. And this past weekend, UFC 69 is here. Two shockers. Now, one of these wasn't really a shocker to me. I see all these people over Facebook talk about the fact that Amanda Nunes lost to Julia Pena. And I've been watching Julia Pena. She's been grinding. She's been hungry. She's not taking any crap. The last time I saw Amanda Nunes, when she kind of got under my skin, when, when she won in her cage interview, and I was kind of like, man, somebody's hungry. Got to watch out. And guess what happens? Julia Pena shocks the world. She didn't really shock. Took home that title. One of those belts. And Julia Pena, champion UFC, one that did shock me, Charles Oliveira, making Dustin Poirier submit and tap out. That one there was surprised to me. I'm going to go around the horn. I'm going to let Rick O go first, and then I'm going to let Rick, uh, after Rick, I'm going to let Maddie talk, but we're going to talk about this boxing match that happened. Rick, go ahead for 269 UFC. All right, so, like, the uh, and I, I felt the same way with you, with Julia Pena. I was like, man, she was slept on and, and tough, you know what I'm saying? Everybody thought that, you know, this pretty girl wasn't going to win the ultimate fighter. You know, they had Shayna Baszler in the house and a few other gals. And she wound up, you know, just folding Baszler. And then, uh, you know, she got injured a couple years back and, you know, had to rehab from that. And just, you know, they've beaten literally the same people. And I was going over her record before the fight. And I was like, man, they've literally beaten the same people. You know, they fought the same people over and over again, with the exception of like uh, Noons uh, fought uh, Ronda Rousey, where Julia Pena did not. But Julia Pena made a, you know, made a valid statement where, you know, that Noons was only fighting cans. You know what I'm saying? People that already got knocked out, you know, letting people jump and skip and, and, and you know, cherry picking her competition. And, you know, I, I was like, you know, during the stare down you know, you can always tell, you know, who's going to, you know, you, you can see it's like watching the horses before they race. You kind of know, you know, and, and Julia just had this air about her. I was like, dude, she's going to win. I said, I don't care what the Vegas odds, a thousand to one are, or, you know, whatever else they're having the betting odds are at. Julia Pena is going to win this one with, without a shadow of a doubt. And then when the first round went, and of course, I mean, you know, Noons could have finished it. She got her on the ground one good time. Uh, you know, with a uh, knockdown punch. And, and of course, you know, Julia was, was, you know, on wobbly legs before the end of the first round, but she stared at the camera and she made, you know, she mocked the crowd. And, and I'm like, this is, this is, this is dumb. You're going to lose in round two. I said, here it goes. Round two comes out and she Mayweathers her, you know what I'm saying? Like straight up makes her eat the jab. Every time she steps forward, jab to the face, jab to the face, jab to the face. And all of a sudden jab hook, jab hook combo. And she got her, you know, on, on, on dream street, up against the cage and then she took her back and literally just like uh sack through her basically to the ground and got on her didn't even get the mountain you know didn't even get the hooks in and you know i was like noons is done she she you know she blew her wad somewhere in the first round you know and eating all those <laughs> eating all those jabs was you know was enough and she didn't even get the hooks in and got that rear naked choke now with the Oliveira fight um you know what i'm saying Poirier's just been cocky ever since he beat you know Conor McGregor he's been cocky and I'm like 
dude, I you know, I watched Oliveira in his in his earlier, and that dude was like one of them guys that could surprise you, you know. He, you know, I thought that there were several times where I thought that he was gonna come in and, and lose and wound up, you know, inking a submission victory or inking a knockout. I thought it was gonna go, you know, knockout for Oliveira. I didn't think he was gonna submit Poirier. That's what shocked me. I just thought Poirier just got Poirier just got way too cocky again. And that happens a lot. You know, you 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 beat somebody like a, a Conor McGregor and then you know you trash talk, you trash talk, you trash talk. But you know, you gotta be able to back that up in the in the octagon. And I just I didn't see him doing it against Oliveira. Oliveira was too focused. Yeah, and Oliveira could hold that spot for a while. Matt, your thoughts on 269, and we'll talk about this boxing match that you were able to catch over the weekend while everybody else was watching 269. Um, I wasn't watching too much of the 269. I did see the Nunez. I saw, like, the highlights after and quick like that. All I got to say is I, I just think that uh, Nunez had too much Modelo before the fight, and she just wasn't ready to go down. <laughs> so um, I don't think she was quite ready to throw down. And good for the other girl for <clears> – <throat> for what she did i mean rick like you said just consistently throwing the jabs and tying her out like that's that's what it's about and sometimes people girls or men and they just can't handle it the quick jabs it's not all about a power punch or haymaker or a round kick it's it's a simple stuff so i mean that's all i got to say with that one i mean she hit her right in the teeth while she was smiling and that was like i had to laugh at that one i mean she had a big old smile on her face, right in the teeth and i was just like bro <laughs> bro <laughs> that's <was> good <laughs> yeah yes Okay, and we had a big boxing match this past weekend. I'm going to let you get into it and talk about it. Um, a crazy, crazy ending to this bout. Also. So, big ESPN top-ranked matches. I mean, you people that, you know, haven't got the chance to see pure pro boxing at its best, you got to watch top rank on ESPN because that's the big dogs of fighting in this in this whole thing. And there was a big fight this weekend, Vasily Lomachenko with Richard, I think it's Kami, yeah. And, uh, you know, both two tough dudes. I mean, um, Lomachenko's been a pound-for-pound champion. They've been in discussion with him, and he lost it to to Fimo Lopez, who has now lost his fight and lost all his belts. So then he – Kami comes in and starts fighting with Lomachenko, and Lomachenko just, you know, the, the same Tim Bradley and all them say the same thing about Lomachenko. It's he's like he's in two rounds. He talks like he he needs to. He's like a computer. He needs to download all his his boxers. Every single fight he's in, every time I've watched, they say the same thing. But anyways, then. You know, he's just fighting with them. He's pit-a-pattern, pit-a-pattern, and then he starts throwing. And, you know, he, he's a quick jab guy. He's He moves his feet very good, Lomachenko. And then uh, then the seventh round comes, and holy moly. And actually, before that, I think the fourth round, Comrie was up against the ropes, and that was a controversial thing because it was the end of the round. And he looked right. over to 
Kami's corner and said, you know, what, what you want to end the fight right now? And I thought that was, I didn't think it was a cocky move. Like some people thought, I think it was more to protect, protect, to protect the fighter. And, and I respected Lomachenko for doing that, but I think also his corner at the end of the fight was wrong for saying, we just, we wouldn't have honor or pride if we didn't, if, if we did throw in the towel for when Lomachenko said so, but you know, he, you got to protect the fighter first. Cause I've seen some deaths in the ring for corners, not really paying attention. And in the seventh round, when he, he got knocked out, that was a, that was a big blow, but I tell you, I tell you right now, Lomachenko completely won that fight. No doubt. Straight up. He should have had tens all around the, the rounds. I think he, some judge gave him nine to 10, but at the end of that fight, he, he uh, had mad respect for Richard Comey and Comey was he, after the seventh round and they put him in the corner. He, they're like, you got to wake up. He woke up, you know, like he didn't give up. He went to 12. So it was a good win by Lomachenko. Let's see what happens. I got a lot of respect for, for Comey because of his, his heart and will to stay in the ring for that long. I think he should have, you know, stopped way before that. But right, that's boxing right. sometimes. Yeah, it was crazy. So you know, it was, it was a, a crazy, crazy ending. Uh, we're at eight oh nine. I got to get ready to close out the Biden bombshells. And again, eight thirty. Uh, Maddie, real quick, talk about what you got coming up at eight thirty on your show, man. Your interview. So we got the season finale, season two of Maddie C Sports. We got. My boy from New Britain, Connecticut, he's in the UFC flyweight, Carl Sakanin Candelario. Um, we talk about what's coming up. He's He probably has a surprise coming pretty soon. And, uh, yeah, he's he's um, he told me about what was said during the Dana White Contender Series, what was said between him and Dana, between what happened of losing his match and still getting the contract. So, it's, it's pretty cool. Um, follow him. It's uh, I think it's Coco da- Co dash Co something. You'll find it on Instagram and it's on Facebook too. But yeah, he's he's got he's a good flyaway fighter and uh, just check him out. Look at him on ESPN and look at his stuff on YouTube. You'll see. So good stuff. And then season three will be in the mix January 2022, and we got two people coming up then too. And you know what funny is they were talking about Carlos Candelario being the first to lose a UFC competition and still get a contract. That's not true. To be honest, Forrest Griffin and Stefan Bonner fought their asses off and both guys got contract in that, in that match. So realistically, Carlos isn't the first one to do that in the UFC. People I kind of forget about Stefan Bonner. I think and that's and I hate that because that's kind of how <clears throat> this whole thing with social media and stuff is. Everybody is trying to be the first to announce whatever and this and that, and they're not even looking at the history of the sport. I saw that announced. I'm like, well, he's the first of contender series to lose and get a contract, but he's not the first to do it in the UFC because anybody like me, we interviewed Stefan Bonner on yeah. ourselves. You know, we had a great interview with Stefan Bonner shortly after that before he made that move. So um, anybody who's walking around, they've got to be part of this newer generation. 
makes us feel makes us feel old. <laughs> it's like the it's like the WWE changing titles and, and just so that they can have like somebody having the longest reign. You know, they forget about uh Bruno San Martino and then they want to talk about Brock Lesnar. I'm like, uh, Bruno San Martino had that belt for like four thousand days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, Six hundred eighty what? <laughs> Yeah, it's craziness. So let's get into the Biden bombshells before we cut off this show. Uh, Biden backs unions in recent battles. Um, he's very pro-union, which I, I'm very happy he is. Uh, Kellogg cereal was about to eliminate workers' jobs while they're out on strike, which is an absolute no-no. Um, you're supposed to go to the table, and you're supposed to be able to negotiate a, a newer contract. Kellogg's was about to do some shady stuff. And Starbucks, places like Starbucks, they just got their first unionized Starbucks. And um, the reason why I'm mentioning this is because there's a lot of people out there who talk about people not going back to work because they're lazy and this and that. No, that's really true. The reason why a lot of people are not going back to work because they're tired of crappy-ass wages and long hours, and most of these jobs are non-union jobs. You're not seeing people with union jobs not going back to work. The majority of the jobs that people are not going back to our restaurants, Dunkin' Donuts, and McDonald's, Walmart, the Amazons, and all these type of jobs where there's no unions and they force you to work horrible hours. I know of two people who work for Walmart, and I can say they lost their lives. Walmart. I have a close friend who was due to get married, and Walmart told him that he they were going to cancel his vacation and he wasn't going to be able to have his wedding uh, because they were backed up for getting all of the lawnmowers and things of that sort in, in his apartment. And they put him under so much stress that he ended up having an aneurysm at work and died weeks before his wedding because he was trying to get everything done so he could have his vacation week. And I blame, I, I truly blame Walmart for his death. Um, and it, it's just sad. It's just sad. So I'm glad to see uh, Biden backing unions. Uh, we need them right now with the way that things are going and. Again, when you look at these CEOs and some of the money, Kellogg's making money, people. They're making money. The CEOs of Kellogg's. All them brands, dude. Bang. All them brands. Yeah, man. Yeah, and Amazon. You look at the money with Amazon and what they're making. Come on now. Stop it. Stop it, please. All right. Heading they're taking into over the, the freaking mail. They're taking over the postal service. Yeah. yeah. Amazon. Yep. Yep. Now, China is pissed. They're warning the U.S. that they will pay if they go through with this Olympic boycott and sanctions. If you guys going back to that sexual assault and things of that sort, let's go back to those rights. Uh, what happened in China and why we have this boycott and sanctions going on. China tennis player, Feng Shui. Uh, she was very vocal about the Chinese government, very vocal about the Chinese leaders. And guess what happened? Feng Shui disappeared for about three weeks. Nobody knew where she was. Nobody knew where she was at. Is missing. And guess what happened after three weeks? All of a sudden, Feng Shui pops up at a bar with all of her friends drinking. And guess what? Nothing happened. I'm fine. I'm all right. Come on now. You know the movies. We've seen it all. Went for reprogramming. Yo. <laughs> they, yeah. The Chinese government took her ass and they made sure to put it back in the environment and say what they want her to say, what they need her to say. And it's not no secret to the fact now where the government is like, really? Really? Governments across the world are like, nah, we're not standing for this one. That's kind of ballsy. Rick, you've talked about this type of stuff. I'm going to let you touch base on this one. 
Look, man, I, I look at it like this. Um, you know, you can sit there and raise all kinds of hell, but we can pull our American businesses and manufacturing right out of China and put it right back where it needs to be here in the United States. And then we can talk, you know, P's and Q's because and a lot of these human rights violations are coming from these companies like Apple and Walmart who have all their junk manufactured from there and brought over to here. I'm sorry, dude. Most of the stuff that I buy, you know, it's from Korea or Japan. Why? Because at least they treat their workers with some respect and they pay them pretty decently as well. Just being honest. Yeah. I don't buy I don't buy Chinese much anymore. It's either going to come from Korea, Japan, or the good old US of A. You know what I'm saying? I'd like to say that I love to buy local, but we all know I don't. <laughs> but I always make sure that it's not Chinese, you know, junk. There's very few things. The only thing I do buy uh, from China is tools. And that's just because they're cheaper and Harbor Freight gets the majority of their tools from China. So I shop at Harbor Freight. <laughs> <laughs> and your thoughts on Feng Shui and her? her oh, honestly, man. Like, oh, definitely, dude. She was, she was put into a room waterboarded with diesel gasoline and fed, like, you know, <laughs> fed termites. All right. And, and, and to the point, to the point where she just submitted to communism, you know what I'm saying? Like, we're going to see her. Like talking like the five the five pillars of communism, you know, and then she's gonna disappear in Russia. <laughs> and, and you know what? Let's let's be honest. I'm gonna go to Manny on this one, who's a big fan of hockey, knows a lot about hockey. China isn't the only ones who've done this. We've had professional hockey players who've had their lives put on the line, guys who've had to quit because Russian mafia and over there, man, right? When guys get drafted from Scandinavia or Russia or all these places. Oh, you know all about this stuff and how this is with governments and China and hockey and how governments play players. We just had somebody that just left the NHL. All of a sudden, they're going back home. I forget which player it is. They just announced it. Oh, uh, David Krejci. Yes. Yes. So the funny thing about what's that girl's name? I'm sorry, I didn't catch feng, her name. Feng Shui. Just, feng Shui. Feng Shui. Feng Shui. So everything wasn't really Feng Shui going on. So, I mean, I think she just, you know, like you said, Rick, like she probably was just put somewhere and in an uncomfortable place. She was probably staring at like, I don't know, like a Wii Sports of just a little friggin' character just hitting the ball back and forth for like 48 hours straight. <laughs> While they play Panama, like, yeah, you know, there, there's some dirty stuff. Like the Russian KGB, like you said, Keith, like they were, they were like, hey, you're either gonna stay in Russia and play for our teams in the KHL, or if you go to the NHL, you're not getting back on that plane. You're, you're, you're staying here. It's still going on, still, still with Russia. I mean, I'm not sure. See, you got me to be political today, Keith. So. Well, some guys were sending their checks. There was a player 15 years ago, I forget which player, was drafted to the NHL, and the Russian mafia took his family and told them that if he didn't send money to the family, it was going to be all done. I think it was Sergei Fedorov. Yeah. I believe it was Sergei Fedorov. But, yeah, I mean, these guys, I mean, those guys who are Russian hockey players are playing in the NHL. They're not playing for, they say they're getting 500 million, but they're giving a lot of that back to the Russian government and all that stuff. So it's, it's like you said, it's crazy. It's crazy stuff. I mean, they're, they're athletes, but they're literally machines and people getting 
their money's worth and then they're giving it back to their country. So crazy stuff. And I hope feng shui gets the feng shui out of the. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Also in the like, go ahead, Rick. Yeah, that's why. Like going into something, that's why I was like when um, the WWE started doing their uh, their importation from uh, the Chinese league. Uh, they imported uh, Boa and Zia Lee. I told like my buddy, I was like, "Look, dude, they have to make it." He's like, "Why?" I was like, "Because if they don't, China will kill them." You know what I'm saying? Like China will make them disappear. And so far, Zia Lee made her SmackDown debut uh, last Friday. So I was like, "Oh, oof. all right." Travis avoided on her. Let's see what he does because you know they don't. You know they they treat their their athletes like greyhounds. You know what I'm saying? They 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 Ooh. put them out of they they put them out of their misery. You know you don't get a happy you know, retirement in China, if you don't win something, that's, that's fact, you know, and even bronze uh, winners have been punished uh, before in China. So, you know, yeah. yeah, in Mexico, you got to watch out Mexico and Brazil. If you don't win games, man, the cartel, we seen this two years ago with the world cup, somebody kicked the ball into the wrong goal in soccer and the Mexican cartel killed that guy. Killed that, no, dude. that was 1994, man. Yeah. It was craziness. Craziness. That was, so, uh, it, Escobar. Escobar kicked yeah. it into his own night for Columbia. Yeah. Ouch. It was craziness. Uh, before we get out of here, let me get into this. G7 warns Russia. There will be massive consequences if you attack the Ukraine. As I talked about in this show the last few weeks ago, Russia's been flexing their muscle on those Ukrainian borders uh, now that, that Biden's been in office. But the G7, they really don't want to mess with. So there will be consequences. That's good for Joe Biden that the G7 is stepping up, saying to Russia, nope. Also, if you guys know Steve Bannon and his podcast is batshit crazy, if you've ever listened to it, it's entertainment to hear how crazy it is. Him and Matt Getz were on his show this week, and they said that if Trump wins in 2024, that there's going to be an army of patriots and shock troops also going to take the government down and our government and they will run this again people somebody smokes a lot of crack yeah these guys (laughs) steve bannon is just a crazy thing nutshell guy but here's the thing these guys have podcasts and stuff now and that's the scary part the fcc not going to shut them down um and they're on here talking all this crazy that gets us right out there florida and he's on borrowed time for having sex with minors so he could be gone (laughs) real soon um but getting out of here, here are my uh, beanies that are available. I got to thank everybody. You see Maddie C up in there with his, his beanie on. I got to thank everybody for supporting that. Got a look at those podcasts. She Talks Football, Drafting the Circuit Talk Radio, Happy Hour with Leto, Talk Back with Gloria Shea, Maddie C's, Seven Minutes on YouTube. Make sure to check him out. Also, I got to thank Boom Squad for having me and Vianna Marie come out to drive this past weekend. And also, till the 17th, continue to drop toys off in the lobby of the Brockton Police Here, uh, Sullivan, they are collecting toys for a toy drive. Okay. Also, this Saturday night, December 18th, the Rocky Marciano Tournament of Champions. This has been going on for months. This is the weekend. They will start crowning the winners boxing tournament. Uh, me, myself, and Maddie will be there. On Saturday night, Steve Dunn. I tried to get Steve down in Florida. He is the event. So I told him that I would make sure to mention this event, and hopefully I'll see 
Pete Dunn and some of my MMA guys there. Matt, you still we're still on for Saturday. You're gonna head out with me. I was gonna be a spectator, man. But um, okay. as long as you're gonna be, as long as you're gonna be there, that's all that matters. I know you was oh, trying be, to get some. I'll be there. The, okay. Yes, she she's she's covered, my man. That, okay, she's the prize possession. You want to you want to you want to mention the fighter that you're going to be watching that night that's fighting for? It's she's so, on your show, correct? Next year? Um, no, she's not. That that is her trainer who's going to be on oh, my gosh. show, and so she had to drop out because she got a um she had a knee injury in training. I think it was in L.A. the other day. So she she just <laughs> dropped out. Oh, but I think man. they're both still going to they're both still going to be there. So. We'll try to get something going where we got them all together and we'll make an interview out of it. All right, sounds good. And as I mentioned earlier in the show, the Culture Tour is kicking off. New edition, Charlie Wilson and Jodeci, 90s all the way. And that's our show, ladies and gentlemen. And what I want to do here is usually I let SpongeBob take us home, but today is the anniversary of Sandy Hook tragedy down in Newtown, Connecticut. And I'm just going to close out the show this week with a PSA. Uh, from Sandy Hook, but I'm going to go around the horn and let these guys say their goodbyes. Rico, let them know how they can follow you and see you and what's going on, man. That's right. You can follow me over on the Hatchet Radio Network, hatchetradio.net and hatchetradio.com, as well as I don't have my own Facebook gaming page no more because I got rid of that crap because I ain't down with that crap. But you can also uh, uh, follow me on Twitch at Rico the Terrible. <coughs> as you can see, my name somewhere in this vicinity right here. Yep, right there on the bottom left. Maddie, let them know. So first, actually, Rico, thank you for having me on your uh, Hatchet Network, posting some of my stuff, sharing it. Um, So you can follow me on Facebook, Maddie C Sports for you and me. Um, Instagram, mainly Maddie C 23 or Maddie, a bunch of underscores, C Sports for you and me. Uh, Maddie C 23 on Twitter and definitely follow my YouTube, Maddie C Sports for you and me because that's where the good stuff's at. I'm also on Spotify, all that stuff. So you can check me out on me, on those networks too. If you just want to listen to me, not see my handsome face. We got stuff going on here. I got to thank these guys for coming on the show with me tonight. Next week is my last show of the season, <coughs> and I'll be gone for two weeks, celebrate the holidays with the family. But I got Crystal Tyson show next week. He's always funny. Again, no SpongeBob closing out the show. Very serious matter, especially at the school weeks ago. Close out the show. Pay respects to those who lost their lives in this hook tragedy. Uh, here is the Sandy Hook promo PSA point of view. And we'll be back next week with more Booth. I'll see you later. Sure, all right.